Welcome listeners to Small Business Portland, where we discuss the future of independent business in Portland, Oregon. I'm Melanie Girding, your host and the president of Venture Portland. Today, we're excited to welcome Alicia Sullivan and Misty Post from the nonprofit Willamette Light Brigade, where Misty is the artistic director and Alicia is the executive director. They light up Portland. We're really excited to chat about all things light and how you guys light it up in this town. So much to uncover today. So Alicia and Misty, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you both for being here. So this is going to be a little different. Uh, We often talk to very uh, independent small business owners, but you guys touch Portland in a much bigger way, getting installations and bright, shiny things all over the city. Can't wait to hear about how this has evolved. So whoever would like to just kind of orient us here and take a stab first at letting people know what is Willamette Light Brigade? So the Willamette Light Brigade is a nonprofit that was established in the late 80s with a mission to light the bridges of Portland and really enhance a sense of civic pride um, and bring light and kind of a sense of place to the nighttime skyline of Portland, Oregon. And in 2016, as kind of an expansion of that mission, um, the group founded the Portland Winter Light Festival, which brings light and art to Portland every February with a large annual event. Very exciting. So, Misty, what what exactly prompted the Portland Light Festival? Sure. So a lot of people in Portland have been dreaming about this for a very long time. And then in 2015, there was enough people that got together to start planning it for 2016 to make it a reality. There was so many people in Portland that wanted to get people out in February, specifically in February, to come out at the dreariest part of the year and to get them outside to see other people and to enjoy light art. So we started in 2016. I think our first year we had about 30,000 people come out, Um, but we were really explaining what it was, what a light festival even was to so many people. And then after the first year, people loved it. Um, They realized that they could come out, see amazing things, go on bike rides, light everything up. And um, it's just continued from there. And so now we're in our ninth year. Tell me a little bit more about the evolution, like that first year to today, what kind of changes would people have noticed if they've gone that's really transformed the festival? Sure. That first year, it was extremely scrappy. We asked all our friends and anybody that would listen to us for favors to try to get whatever artists we could get them to have things out of their backyard that lit up to come down to the waterfront. We were on the East Bank Esplanade at that point, and um, we just got whatever we could and had a great group of people that were super dedicated that wanted to get this light art out to the rest of the city. And then every year since then, we've had more artists involved. We've had more artists from other places. We we just usually um, try to get artists from the Pacific Northwest to be involved just because of location. And so we've had so many people that have been involved since then. We always get international artists that apply as well. Um, And it's just gotten bigger and bigger and brighter. And then um, once we had to do the shift in the pandemic, then we've moved out to a lot more locations all over Portland and not just been centralized. And that's exciting, taking it from one location to something that's really accessible to anyone in their neighborhood where they might be to to join in in the fun and festivity and getting themselves out there moving around. So Alicia, tell us a little bit about kind of your involvement, how you came to this organization and be the executive director and, and maybe even tell us like, what do you love the most about it? 
Mm, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, well, I came, uh, I came on in 2018. Um, and, um, you know, my background has always, I've worked in the arts for many years and I have a really, I have a huge love for art and interactive art in particular. And I really believe that it can, it can be a catalyst for these really magical experiences. Um, people get to have this like firsthand experience of the artwork at the festival. And I feel really passionate about that. Um, and yeah, we, we've come a long way since back then, as Misty said, you know, it was this really small kind of zeitgeist moment when it started and it has really grown since then. And we'd have, we have now anchor locations in the central city and then pop-up art throughout the entirety of the city. Um, and it's just amazing to see kind of the best of Portland highlighted through this, this creative spirit that we talk about all the time. Um, really, you know, getting out on the streets and and being really playful for the event. So you two must work hand in hand in trying to figure out locations and and what kind of pieces are going to come into this. Um, as as the artistic director, what what really gets you the most excited about it, or or how do you approach um, what what's going where? Sure, sure. Yeah, that's always always such a puzzle. Uh, we do a call for art that usually goes out in about July. And then we also do a call for venues. And so that was a new thing we started in 2021 to ask different locations in Portland if they'd like to be a venue to host art. And so then we compile all that. And then we have our anchor art locations, like Alicia said, which is Pioneer Square, the Electric Blocks and World Trade Center. And then we fill those with art. And then we look at our proposals and then place the artist in other locations around Portland. And we take a look at the flow of the festival, what works the best in each location and what the artists are asking for as well. And then we have another group that we call Art with Location. And those are the ones that are a little further out in Portland. They're people that have something in their front yard or maybe they've... Um, at a piece that they've taken to a different festival that they want to showcase, or there's a business that wants to be involved and they have an art installation in their um, storefront or their location or their courtyard of their business. And so we put all that together and just kind of work on the flow of the festival and what makes the most sense to go where. And it's always so exciting to see what people come up with. And then the random people that just light up their businesses or light up their front yard because they want to be a support of the festival as well. Opportunity, right? Those people are mm -hmm. like, okay, I can get in on this too. I got pretty sparkly, flashy, bright things as well. Um, is there is there something that stands out in your mind that you've really enjoyed over the years? Is there one particular piece? Do things get repeated? Do they, they kind of change? Things do get repeated, absolutely, because we have some wonderful pieces that we like to bring back. We have some favorite artists that we work with. Sometimes they'll make new pieces or they've got great pieces, and so we'll put them in a different location. But one of the best things is seeing how people interact with a festival, because people dress up. They've been working on their costumes for months, and then they'll come up with these giant lit up tutus or these horns that sparkle or whatever amazing things that they've made. And they come down to the festival festival and be a part of it. And you can really see who wants to be a part of the festival because you'll be sitting somewhere and watch all these people walking by that are all lit up. And that's just so fun to see. 
Everyone wants in on the action. So Alicia, there, this is not the only thing that you guys do through your organization. What are some of the other types of, of events or installations throughout the year that you have going on? Yeah, thanks. So so our other program, so the Light Festival is, is our annual program. It's this big event, but then our other program is year round and we actually run the color lighting on the Morrison Bridge. Um, so groups can apply to have their own colors to raise awareness of a cause or celebrate an event um, and kind of participate in this like visual civic dialogue um, in, you know, any time of year in the evening downtown. So when you see colorful lights on the Morrison, usually there's a reason behind that. So it'll be one group or another promoting a cause or raising awareness. So that's a really fun and dynamic thing that happens all year round and is accessible to anyone. I have often wondered about that. I mean, I think it's pretty clear when you know the color, you can tell what it might be related to. Um, and knowing now that that's actually something that I could reach out and do if I, if I wanted to is pretty darn exciting. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, wrap me back into some of the Winter Light Festival things. Anything new happening this year in particular for you guys? Yeah. Oh, we yeah. Always Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, we always have something new going on. Um, we have our big opening fire show at Pioneer Square. We have some ice carver that's coming back. He's going to make some really cool ice carvings during the festival. And then we also have our electric blocks that's over on Southeast Clay, Second and Clay. And we'll have that um, projection mapped again and it's going to be bigger and brighter this year and we'll have the silent disco there and um just so many other little surprises around town we've also got plans for some large sculptures coming in we are commissioning a piece that will be at waterfront park by um by a skagit valley artist heather dawn sparks and so that's really exciting so you might see that piece around the city um, after the festival as well um, and that will be up through the end of winter. Some of our larger installations are up. We like to we like to ring out the end of the winter, the really hard time. So some of those things will be up until um, the the end late March. Um, and so that's going to be a lot of fun. So if somebody is listening to this and they are completely unfamiliar with what we're talking about, um, let's get them some details. So in terms of best ways to engage website, Instagram, you know, what's the cost involved? How do they figure out how to attend this thing? Share some of that with me, please. Yeah. Thanks for asking, because this is a completely free event. We are a nonprofit. Um, we're supported by community donations and sponsors, um, local businesses support us, um, but uh, all of the information can be found at pdxwlf.com. Um, and our Instagram handle is at Portland Winter Light Festival. Beautiful. I'm sure that's a great place to be because everybody likes all the photos and fun videos and things that they can find on Instagram. So relating back to businesses, businesses have an opportunity to get involved and support you guys um, as anyone could as a donor. But let's talk a little bit about business districts that you're in, how businesses respond to your guys' presence in the community and, and really get a benefit out of an important piece that you bring, which is traffic. <laughs> you know, foot traffic to their areas. So tell me a little bit about what it's like to start activating spaces and in your engagement with businesses there. Yeah, so we have a bunch of businesses that have participated the last few years and definitely hotels. Um, we put installations in 
hotels. Then they also invite people to come in and you know enjoy a drink in their bar, come and check it out. We also have other retail spaces that are involved. So like over on Mississippi, we have one uh, Gifty Kitty who's been involved the last few years. And she's mentioned how she's found so many people that will come out because they want to see the installations that she has in her shop. And then they also just want to come and check out Mississippi because they're coming out for one night. And we like to have art in clusters so people can come out and they can come out to Northeast and check out all the art in Northeast. And then the next night they can go over to Southeast and check that out. And we have our anchor locations that are activated on the weekends. And then we ask the other locations to be lit the entire nine nights of the festival. So then people can go out during the week, go see some art, have some food and just wander around and check out the rest of the things that might be on that street. So it's been pretty um, successful for businesses to be involved. And we're always looking for more to be involved and hoping that once they see one group starting to light up and be a part of it, that they'll want to figure out how to get involved the next year. We encourage like pop-up things. You know, if somebody knows that there's an art installation a couple doors down, like stay open a little later, you know, put some lights in your own window, open up, sell hot chocolate. I don't know. But, you know, we we really want that kind of to take hold on its own. So all the business districts have their own flavor of activation for this event. Great advice. If you are listening and this isn't on your radar or just in general, look around what's happening in your business district. And if somebody else is doing something, uh, increase the visibility of that by doing something yourself too. And just activating the whole space on your street is, is a great way to support each other. I mean, certainly um, we're well out of the pandemic, but we're in a little bit of a down economy right now. So it is hard for people to get out and do things. Uh, you guys hosting a free event is amazing because that allows people to take their families out and engage in the different areas of town without having to spend a lot of money to do that. Hopefully dollars that can then go into some of those businesses nearby. But I really love the accessibility of how this has grown to multiple areas. And so instead of just being an event in your anchor locations, it's really getting out to other spots and, and helping bring some joy and art and, and light, of course, to many areas of the city. So, Misty, I asked Alicia how long she's been with the organization. Did you say how long you've been involved? I started helping plan in 2015. Day one. Yep. I came in, a friend of mine designed the logo and she said they needed some help. And so I came into the first meeting and was totally hooked. And I've been in since then. <laughs> and clearly you guys are doing things right. It's evolving. It's getting better. It's it's keeping people engaged. Tell me a little bit about just, uh, you know, what's the what's the culture amongst your staff and, and people? And do you, do you utilize volunteers? Is that something that people could engage in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a really incredible team of organizers. You know, Missy and I are part of a larger team. We have around eight people who put this thing together every year. And, you know, it's really a labor of love. Anybody who's done events understands how how large events, how, how much work they are. So, you know, this this wouldn't be possible without our team, um, our board of directors who are volunteers as well, who put a lot of time in it. And then we have an open call for um, volunteers who want to get involved in helping run the festival. It's a lot of fun. You get to meet artists and families and people out exploring dressed up in crazy costumes. Um, so this 
this quite literally would not exist without our volunteers. Last year, we had 200 and over 250 volunteers um, that helped us out to make it a reality. That's amazing. And, you know, people, people see the vision and they love it. And so they want to be there. And I'm sure uh, there's never enough bodies, right? So <laughs> you probably use some more help. Um, if you're feeling so inclined to, to get yourself involved, uh, checking out the website would be a good way to make donations or figure out volunteering, as well as all the last minute information on the dates and whatnot going on. So what is a challenge for you guys right now? What 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 is difficult about this? Because I'm just feeling like this sounds like the best thing in the world. <laughs> there, there's got to be another side of, of, of this. Well, we, I mean, we're, you know, producing this, we are feeling the same economic pressure as all small businesses are, you know, we're, we're a small nonprofit and, um, you know, the, the landscape of things have, has changed. Um, so we're definitely feeling that. Um, and then, you know, our team works really hard. <laughs> you guys coordinate so many locations and, um, I, I am just amazed at what this group is able to accomplish. Um, but maybe you can talk a little more about some <laughs> of those challenges, Misty. <laughs> <laughs> it's all very true. Um, and one of our challenges is actually growth, which sounds kind of silly, but, um, that's one of the things that we struggle with a little bit because we are such a engaging festival and we have so many people that want to be involved with it, which is fabulous. But then we start planning this. I mean, right after the last festival, we start planning for the next festival. And so we've got so many things in the works. And then we have groups that want to get involved and we want them to get involved, but we're already a little too far along. And so there's many people that we've had to say, oh my gosh, we love your idea. It's great. But let's talk about that for our 10th year because <laughs> we're a little too far in right now. Um, and just, you know, the planning of coordinating everything, but that's for any kind of event. I, I bet you most people have no idea what goes in on the back end to putting something like that together. Um, you know, most people just show up and enjoy things. Uh, so if you're looking to get involved, just know it might be a few years out, but this festival is not <laughs> going anywhere. It is going to continue to grow and getting, you know, international people that are interested in it. Uh, Portland doesn't have a hard time getting attention. So <laughs> I'm sure, you know, uh, other people are taking a look at what we're doing. In fact, are you familiar with some other light festivals? Is there some other notable ones uh, around that you have either uh, collaborated with or looked at as a model? Mm -hmm. Yeah, some of the early founders um, of our festival um, attended light festivals all over the world, including in Lyon, France and Montreal. Um, there are some really great ones um, in the U.S. too. Uh, Blink Cincinnati is pretty inspiring, but, you know, they all have their own different flavor. And it's been really great to see ours evolve and define itself really as this unique thing to Portland. Um, they all really reflect the places that they are, but they have, you know, each one has different things. There's you know, there's performances like at ours on some of them. Some of them are really more around like giant projection mappings on crazy old historical buildings in Europe. And that's pretty amazing. Um, but there's a lot of other light festivals. And the one kind of unifying thing is that they they really provide this incredible cultural and economic stimulation for the cities that they take place in. And um, and we see that reflected in ours as well. Tell me about some partners you have then in the city who who works well with you to help promote this stuff and and support you guys in the process. 
Yeah, we, I mean, we have some incredibly dedicated partners. PGE has been our found, or, uh, presenting sponsor since day one, which is a huge deal. Um, Travel Portland, Prosper Portland, um, the new events in film office, um, you know, connecting with you guys at Venture Portland and helping spread the word. Um, there are many, many others that I am probably not remembering. We also have <laughs> local companies that support us. Um, but honestly, in addition to the sponsors, you know, many people are just willing to open doors, make connections, make introductions, um, and help us build this thing because it it wouldn't exist without the community. And it's all about this network. We we have this vision for it to become something that's larger than just what we are personally coordinating. We want it to kind of take fire in Portland and have, you know, light color all February. And everybody will just know like, oh, this is the month where that kind of thing happens. Um, and there's something to look forward to, even though the weather may be terrible. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, you both are very passionate and creative and um, clearly happy in what you're doing. I mean, that just kind of shines on your faces. And, you know, so many people in nonprofit work are feeling run down. So <laughs> it sounds like uh, you've got some pretty great things going on there. Would you like to share a little more about yourselves personally? Um, artistic director there, Misty, are, are you an artist and in your <laughs> off time? I am. Yes, I've always done artistic things. I've always been involved in the arts somehow. Um, and so, you know, when this opportunity came up, I was like, yes, of course. And one of the best things, too, is all the inspiration, because you see so many art pieces. We meet so many artists. You so, see so many artists that are working on something and then watch somebody come up and look at it and be like, ah. Oh, oh, I, oh, I could do that. Oh, how do you do that? And talking with the artist to figure it out. And I've done that myself um, for many pieces. Like, ooh, I love it. I could do that. Nice. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty wonderful. It's the creative juices going. Um, Absolutely. We don't know what the possibilities are otherwise. And a lot of people don't even really know what they could do themselves if yeah. they opened up a little bit, but the more you're exposed to, the more interest you get. What about you, Alicia? Are you an, involved in the arts outside of being yeah. a director? Yes, I am. Um, I am also a practicing artist, uh, sometimes more than others right now, <laughs> not so much with all of this going on, but yeah, I have a back, I have an MFA and a background in art. And yeah, like I said earlier, I feel really passionate about it. I also own a small business doing art consulting. So I work with developers to find uh, permanent art for locations. Um, I feel really strongly that it's not just the public sector that should be creating the artistic landscape. The private sector has a role to play in that too. So I try to try to do that, you know, when the festival is not all consuming um, on occasion. So yeah, it's, it's, art is a really powerful thing and it has so much potential for for growth and healing and to help our community process the things that have gone on over the last handful of years. Um, so I feel like in my work, I try to bring that into everything that I do in some way. I'm sure you do. So no matter when you're listening to this, you can start planning to get to the Portland Light Festival because it's in February every year. All you have to do is look outside and go, oh, it must be coming soon because <laughs> this is this is bad winter weather going on here. Um, what would you encourage people to do in terms of how they might show up 
you know, whether that's, you know, being dressed a certain way or kind of, you know, having an open mind, what do you think is a great way to prepare for attending the festival? Sure. Um, I think, like you said, just showing up, put on your light stuff, put on, make a costume, light up your bike. We have a bike parade that people can be involved in. Um, get a bunch of friends to come out with you because it's always fun to go around in a group and go discover things and um, put on your rain jackets if you need to. But, you know, just light yourself up and you'll see all the other people that are lit up too that are super excited to be down there. All right, Alicia, will you share one more time how everyone can get a hold of you if they're feeling so inclined to support through donation or volunteering? Absolutely. It's at uh, pdxwlf.com and then at Portland Winter Light Festival on Instagram. Portland Winter Light Festival on Instagram. You're looking for the Willamette Light Brigade website at pdx. If people are interested in lighting the bridge, they can go to lightthebridges.org and if they want to learn more about the light festival it's pdxwlf like winterlightfestival.com perfect thank you for saying that again because i Mm -hmm. i want to look into lighting up that bridge i just want to be able to say i've done that at some point in my life (laughs) it was absolutely wonderful to have you two here today is there anything else you'd like to share before we we start to move on out um, another thing, light up your house, light up your street, light up your front yard, put the lights up. You can look at our website and you can see our theme for this year, which is always fun. And then we've got our festival colors. So you can take a look at that. And we love going by people's houses and seeing some blue and purple and green. And it just brings such a delight to us to see other people being involved with it and businesses and places we had no idea. We always have surprises, too, that is so fun to see when we're going by. And I'm like, wait, I didn't program that. What in the world is that? So fun to see. Well, thank you, Alicia and Misty, so much for spending time with us today, sharing a little bit more about the Portland Light Festival and everything you guys are doing. And I love that last little piece of advice. Light up your home as well. You can be a part of it without even going outside if if you don't Mm -hmm. think you want to do that. But um, check them out and uh, get involved. There's so many ways to do that. All right, everyone, you've been listening to the Small Business Podcast hosted by me, Eleni Gerding, and produced by Sam Montanero. You can connect with us on Instagram at Venture Portland and make sure to check out our website for the latest info on business districts, the small business podcast, webinars, and events at VenturePortland.org. Until next time, shop and support local because small businesses build strong neighborhoods.